Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to the Nassim and Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Writers. I'm James Nichols, and as always, I'm here with my buddy John Zello. What's up, pal? A lot to talk about this week. Um, some ups and downs, not yeah. sure. And we got some comments last week that I was a little negative on our Islanders. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit more. But uh, wow, yeah, definitely some feelings and uh, a little bit of roller coaster. So we'll we'll get to it. Yeah, but uh, before we get to the Islanders, let's just talk about around the NHL a little bit. Um, we know that the Central Division has condensed their schedule. So between 52 and 54 games uh, in 100 to 104 days, Florida, Dallas, Carolina, Tampa, they're all in the mix for that. Um, so it's going to be a short, uh, a short schedule for them, but it's going to a lot of games. It's going to be tough uh, for that division for all of them. Uh, who we ultimately think that Tampa is going to come out of on top. Yeah. And this was, this was part of the reason why the NHL wanted to get the season underway as soon as possible. So that way, when they did have to do this, it still works within the parameters of the season, like the length and time, yeah. whatever. Um, but it does, you know, it's a game every other day for the most part. And there's not a lot of room for error. Um, you're, you're playing, you're traveling. If there's road trips, you're, you're pretty much not stopping. I, I know it might, I don't know how it works with the, the NHLPA. I know that there are like mandatory days off. They may have, you know, days if they travel that night, they may not have anything. You know, there's not a lot. That means there's, you know, not a lot of practice time, um, not a lot of even team time. Like they're supposed to get actual days off from from work. You know, like yeah. we typically, you know, uh, us nine to fivers get weekends or whatever. Um, you know, they're supposed to get their days too. So it, it's difficult, you know, injuries, it's, it's, it could add up really quickly. It, um, yeah. And with, with what they're trying to do to end the season and get the playoffs underway, it's, uh, it's going to be tough. Any other hiccups yeah. in it, you know, we're getting into some different conversations about how do you get, got, how do you get teams into the playoffs? Yeah. Points percentage, all that. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's positive positives and negatives to, you know, everything that, you know, in this kind of a situation, you know, you could say, short rest, but short memories at the same time. So maybe they'll, you know, if they have a bad game, they can pick up uh, next game and, and have a better one and forget about, you know, the bad game they had previously, but uh, we'll see how it shakes out. I'm interested to see if maybe somebody can dethrone Tampa, but I highly doubt that that is the case. Um, the NWHL is also underway now, um, and you can actually catch those games on Twitch, which is really cool. Uh, the Isobel Cup semifinals and the final will be on NBCSN. Um, but I think that the NWHL has had a really good, um, uh, they've been advertising really well and they've had a, a very good, um, what's the word I'm looking for here. They've had a good following they, uh, there's been a, a lot of support for the NWHL and it, they, they're actually, uh, recording pretty good numbers as far as views. 
Yeah, I was one of those people. I was watching over the weekend um, here and there. Um, I watched that crazy, I believe it was Minnesota and Toronto, uh, where Minnesota came back. I think it was down 5-1. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was crazy. And um, I watched it. There was a, um, there's a Syracuse connection to Toronto. Lindsey Eastwood, uh, who scored the franchise's first goal for Toronto. Um, but Lindsey Eastwood played uh, for Syracuse University uh, women's ice hockey team um, yeah. their ncaa team so that was cool you know watching someone you know, kind of local i don't really know where she's from but anyway it was you know felt like a little local connection it was it was pretty cool um i believe she also works for tampa bay and does some stuff she was in the bubble uh, for them uh last summer um can't confirm or deny not so sure. I, yeah i believe i believe <laughs> that that was that was the case but anyway yeah it was it was cool it was fun to watch um i i've kind of i was around the women's game like a you know, a little bit, although at the club level, I did, you know, uh, watch the three games as soon yeah. as we go and um, quality of play is good. There's, there's nothing sure. wrong with it. Um, it's a little different, but uh, some of wow, they could skate. There, there was you know, so, so much of the play. I don't know. I was just watching a hockey game. Uh, so I definitely recommend, especially because you can, you know, airplay it to your Apple TV or whatever, whatever you got, uh, you know, Chromecast, whatever. Um, it's super easy to watch. The, the broadcasts are cool. They have different views. So they had like the bench view, uh, the whole game, and there was different things. Now, like the Zamboni drivers, like, yeah, uh, uh, I, uh, I don't know. She's being a star all of a sudden. And it's, it's cool. They're, they're really, they're having fun. They're putting yeah. fun back in hockey. It's, it's very different in the best way possible. It's very accessible. They're not being pretentious it, it i i'm enjoying it. i think it's very good for the game speaking of the bench there's actually not a bench right i, I think they're standing behind the boards i don't think they actually sit i'm pretty sure i saw on twitter today as i'm scrolling through a picture of the nwhl benches and they all stand there's no seat there they're, they're standing wow is that maybe that's just a herb brook rink i found that hard to believe i i'm Maybe I'm I'm misspeaking here, but I'm pretty sure I saw at least one of the teams didn't have benches. They were just behind the boards standing, you know, and they they would hop over. It looks like regular boards and it looks like a regular bench, but behind the bench, there's actually nowhere to sit. And it could have, like I said, just been for one team. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely saw a picture of that today. I can be sure of that. I don't know if it's for all of them or just for that one team. Uh, it might have been the Connecticut. Well, I'm not hundred percent sure but uh i just thought that that was a, a little interesting anecdote but yeah we'll have to look into that i'm definitely no with idea. you though uh entertaining stuff really great for the game I'm, I'm very happy with the uh the the level of growth that we've seen already i think it's really cool that twitch got in on it and they they're at uh playing the games on uh on their network so uh really cool stuff um but there was a really uh interesting trade that happened this week eh a little bit. It definitely, I mean, I think on both sides, it was just a matter of time. And on, um, on, you know, for Columbus, it just came to a head at the end of last week. And it was, you know, they didn't want to put it in the public eye. And then it just was very public. Yeah. And um, yeah, du, Dubois for line A. Um, what, do you, what do you think about that? I, I think I have my own thoughts, but I want to hear yours first. Yeah, a couple of things. I think Columbus wins the trade one. Uh, we know line a is one of the best scorers in the league, despite maybe some character issues. 
Uh, we'll see if that continues with the new team. You know, I, I don't know how great Tortorella and Line A are going to mesh. Um, plus, Winnipeg retains $1.75 million of Line A's salary. Not that much, but they're still not paying him what Winnipeg was paying him in full. Uh, Roslovic is a, is looking to break out. So he's a, he's a pretty good, uh, projected top six forward to be, um, maybe he'll have more of an opportunity in Columbus. Um, he, he right away from the beginning of the season was like, I'm not playing, like it's not happening. I'm not, I'm not going to be there. So I think he actually already started skating, uh, with Columbus cause he didn't need to quarantine or anything. Cause he, he already kind of was, um, was he in the States? I'm not hundred like percent sure. I know he skated Winnipeg. today. He was definitely I, in Columbus. I did see that. I was wondering. I was like, I wonder where he came from. I didn't. I wasn't up on all of the my Jets news. So yeah. No. So you think? So you think um, Columbus wins the trade? I think they got more. I think the added that added value, especially if it's somebody like a prospect or whatever, or like an up and coming NHL player, that's can add some you know immediate value on a t- on a team like Columbus. Yeah, I think maybe it tips it in their favor. So I think, you know, you, you, Joe, and I were speaking about it like when it happened. And yeah, I think I originally said that the, the Jets kind of got fleeced on it. But I think it, 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 I think both GMs just needed this to happen. They both only have a year left after this, I believe. Right. And then there'll be RFAs again. And some people had said to me, because I said, I don't think they're staying. It, to me, in their, you know, Line A is not going to stay in Columbus. You mean? To me, Line A got traded to the American Winnipeg, and, and Dubois got traded to the Canadian Ohio. So, uh, and they don't want to be there. They want to well, be. I mean, I think Winnipeg is definitely a bigger market than Columbus, and that was what Dubois you, yes. wanted to do. So maybe that that may work. I think I, I saw a couple takes, and it made me think differently about the trade. Um, as far as like their complete game. And I, I really have to admit outside of the last um, last year's bubble playoffs, you know, uh, going watching Columbus kind of play. I didn't really hear about Dubois. That might just be, a, I'm a bad hockey fan. So I don't want to, I don't make it sound like he wasn't worth hearing about, but um, you know, line a was, is just this guy, you know, he scores 40 goals, you know, every year or 28 or whatever. You can put the puck in the net long season, short season. I wonder about their values to their to their new teams, and maybe Dubois has a little bit more. So the charts and graphs, center. yeah, the charts and graphs suggest that he's much better than his numbers suggest. Um, they, you know, he has that he has an elite sense about him. He's just got to kind of put it all together. But he had been slowly but surely progressing towards that elite number one center status. He's still only 23, plenty of time to get there, just like our own Matthew Barzell. Um, but he he's a very good center. He's going to be the number one out in Winnipeg. I, I don't think that uh, – well, no, Shifley is going to be the number one. He's going to be the number two out in Winnipeg. So it, it's a poor man's Crosby and Malkin situation over there now. And that's um, good. I mean, a little less responsibility. You know, I don't want to, I'm in no way comparing Dubois and Broussard, but it was like Broussard not having that responsibility. You know, different responsibility is good for them. Sure. It's not the, it's just not the same thing as uh, yeah. trying to get first line minutes and defensive responsibility. You get, you know, 
you can kind of sit back a little bit and, and be successful that way. A little less pressure. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I just, I don't know that they each stay where they got traded to. I don't you think it's more of a dollars and cents thing or they don't want to stay there. I don't think that they're going to want to stay there. And I think that that's going to, I think the organizations are going to want them to stay there. And they all, they both said the right things excited for the opportunity, you know, can't wait to get started oh, with my new team. Um, but I, you know, saying I want to get the hell out of here. Right. Yeah. When you finally do, you, you better say yes. Correct. <laughs> it's been a long, it's been long known that line a wants to play for a quote unquote big market. And it's, also pretty much known that Dubois wants to play in Montreal. Um, so I, personally, I think that they're both going to try and do that. You saw Panarin run the second he could to a big market team, and he did. Uh, I think that they have that same mentality, and I think that that's going to happen. It might not happen right after this current contract because I think – I believe I'm, I'm pretty sure they're both still going to be restricted free agents, but the second they can, they're out. Yeah. I don't, I really don't know. I think for both of those players, um, this summer will be interesting. I think for a lot of the NHL with the expansion draft and different things, like it, it might, um, it might offer up some more possibilities for trades um, so that a team can, get one of these guys, you know, another, another trade. And, you know, I think the scary thing is in the, in the East division and late, you know, going back next year, going into next year, next season, rather, you know, back to the Metro division, you know, the Rangers are always in on guys. Always, you know, because it's a big market. They were in on Dubois. They have an up and coming team. So that, that's always really scary. Yeah. Um, I don't know where line a wants to go. And knowing how much he's going to get paid, I wonder how many teams are out there that can even afford it at this, you know, yeah. Vegas always seems to figure it out and they're not afraid to ship their own guys out, you know, even though they're, they seem really dedicated to guys, you know, even Nate Schmidt got, got shipped out of town. Yeah. Um, You know, the whole situation with flurry. So I wonder where they're going to go. I, 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 especially a team that's like on the cusp of something. Is it, you know, line A to the Blues. Like, I don't know their cap situation. I'm 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 purely speculating. I just like I, course, I, yeah. I don't know I don't know where they go to actually like yeah it's a, a team call. in a big market that's gonna win. That's you know Dubois. I think Montreal. Yeah, that's great. Um, especially if they don't have to trade any huge assets for him, and maybe they offer sheet him or whatever the deal is. If he's still an RFA after after next season. Um, Maybe that I don't, maybe that, you know, a deal between he can still get traded again. It's not like, of course, that's it. If, if they feel like they can get, you know, when, when that trade tree happens, when inevitably Steve Dangle does a trade tree on, uh, <laughs> on this in a, in a few years for Sportsnet, you know, as long as the Jets don't look like they got fleeced for line A from, you know, even if a, a, a different trade, they trade Dubois again, they yeah. flip them, they got to look like they got something for them. So, um, which is going to be tough if they if 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 people think that they lost the trade as it is, it's going to be tough to recover from that. You got he Dubois just has to work out. Yeah, and, there there was a pretty overwhelming sense, you know, among among fans really because it was you know Twitter polls with Sportsnet and everything who won the trade. Uh, pretty overwhelming amount of people said 
Columbus won that trade. Maybe in the short term, because that, that team, you know, line A under Trotz, um, you know, I, I think Trotz can be a lot more demanding of line A. So yeah, he may not like Columbus very much either. Um, you know, someone that's been, you know, not doing the the defensive responsibilities that that's expected of, you know, a top player or whatever, even Ovechkin had to learn that stuff. Yep. Um, so I wonder how that works out, but I, you know, I think for Dubois, maybe, maybe Winnipeg's the, I mean, it's a little tough in the winter. Um, anything North of Syracuse, I think is tough and that whatever <laughs> North of the, you know, yeah, North of this latitude anyway. Um, but I wonder if it's just a good, good setup because it's crazy there when there's fans. Yeah, it, like it it's is. a good hockey town. It seems like so. I yeah. don't. Maybe it works out for him. I, you know, I think he starts having some serious success. That team is built very differently. They have some stars. Um, you know, Connor Hellebuck. You know, the the media is different in Canada, so you know he may get the attention that he wants, and it sucks that that's what it comes to. But um, what are your thoughts? I, I know this is off script a little bit. What are your thoughts on, you know, I know this happens in the NBA and you follow this a little bit where players are just like, I want to go and they're star players and blah, blah, blah. How do you feel about this kind of coming to the NHL a little bit with both of these guys? It's different (sighs) than like an RFA. Barzell really didn't hold out. You know, I think we learned after the fact that it was just a dollars and cents thing. They wanted to make sure they can do it. And, you know, it took some time. Um, that number looks sounds like it was locked in for some oh, for a bit. Um, it wasn't like Mitch Marner. It wasn't like Nylander in Toronto. No. So, what are your thoughts on it coming to this league, and how does it affect things moving forward? It seems I don't love it, but I get it. I get it. Like like you said, I get it because that that kind of a blockbuster trade engages fans on social media and that they love it and everybody's talking about it and they want to hear about it. And that just, that just naturally brings in revenue. So I I get that. I get people wanting that kind of thing to happen more often, but as an, you know, yes, I, I write about the Islanders and, 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 you know, I try to be objective, but on the inside, the fan in me, I want Barzell to be a lifetime Islander. You know, I don't want him going anywhere. I, yeah, but want I him... don't think he's in that situation because he's, he's been really clear. Although a lot of fans can point out, we've kind of, heard Oh yeah, him. no, I'm not what saying he that. Said, what he said was very different than what Tavares said. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I'm not saying that he would be, I'm just, for instance, um, I want Barzell to be a lifetime Islander and I'm sure Winnipeg wanted Patrick line when they drafted him to be a lifetime jet. And, he scores like you, like we said, 40 goals, 35, 40 goals. Who doesn't want that on their team for however long that person's career is going to be. So, you know, I'm very, I guess you can call me old school, but I like it when a player starts with a team and ends with a team. Um, yeah. That doesn't, that's not going to, that's going to be very few and far between. It's right. Gonna be, you know, a guy every, I mean, it's going to be like a Crosby, um, it could be, it's going to be like a Stamkos. Right. Um, and I hope that that's what we get maybe out an, of. Maybe an Austin Matthews. Yeah. I, I hope that's what we get out of Barzell. I feel like we will. Um, but that's, that's where I stand on it. You know, I, again, I try to be objective, but 
in on the inside i started as a fan so the fan in me wants to see you know my own guys that we you know are they start with the islanders i want them to stay with the islanders and i and i feel like anybody who's a fan of their team wants that and then when it comes to wow these two teams that i'm not a fan of just made a huge trade that's crazy i want to like you know talk about it and and, and read about it i feel like you, you know what i'm saying yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, what, I, what I've heard from a few other people is, you know, when when like the Nets this year, right, they, yeah. they've kind of collected all these enormous stars in the yeah. NBA. But fans may not, I mean, it's one thing like your fan, your, your team wins a championship, who gives a shit? Do you want the championship? I'll be excited. Yeah. But there's no emotional attachment. I think, you know, thinking about the Islanders, um, you know, Pajot came in and is now part of the fabric. He he bought in very, very quickly, very you know, quickly. signed a long contract. So even with him aside, we've watched almost this entire team become New York Islanders and grow up with this team. And there's an emotional investment that being when all these trades happen, even with Vegas, like they had their core team and then guys were kind of in and out over the last 12, 18 months. Yeah. You kind of lose that a little bit. You're not watching your team be successful. It's kind of like the 80s Islanders, you know, 70s and 80s Islanders. You kind of watch the core of this team grow together. Yeah. You got attached to these players. You know, you right. had you had your jersey for years and years. I think there there's a certain amount that's really important, but at the same time, if the Islanders made a few trades and it was guys in and out and it was a bunch of new guys, and all of a sudden they won, you know, I don't think fans very quickly forgot about Robin Leonard when Samuel and Barlamov brought the Islanders brand so, new to the team. Yeah. To, I'm not saying forgot about him altogether. Obviously, I think he's, again, very quickly became part of the fabric of Long Island. Yeah. My point is they're not like, man, really wish to have kept Robin Leonard. Meanwhile, you know, Varlamov sliding into the group when they won an OT. Right. Fans weren't, all, you know, going like, Oh man, Barlamov, I'm really upset about that. Like, nope. It was unless, unless you were unless you were in my mentions uh last night after the loss, because we'll get there. But a couple yeah. people tweeted at me, we we lost Robin Leonard for this. Oh my god. All right, I cannot I wait. I, I cannot wait to talk about Sorokin because I got a lot to say about that. People. Yeah. So I think Stay yeah, but we can we can try to wrap this up soon. But I what I I think um you know you I don't want to say you forget, but like when your team's doing well you tend to forget that. So trying to tie these things together, like right. with these big trades in the NBA, I think my point is that they're request, they're very openly requesting trades. They're not like, it's not like a trade and then it later leaks out that they want it to go. And it's very like, everything was in the open. Um, you know, they're well, trying to Columbus be- works that way. And they've said that from the get-go, that's the kind of team that they are. They're an open team in the locker room with each other, with management. If, if, well, it clearly worked though. Like that, it you know, what what I mean is it they it, no one stayed. That's great. So everyone's open about the fact that they want to leave. So who's gonna sign there? Well, that's and that's why, why I feel what bad. are you in that atmosphere and that environment? That, that's, that's why I feel bad for Columbus fans because they, they need someone to want to be there. Like they need, and I'm not saying like someone like Nick Felino, who's their captain. Like Nick Felino is is there and staying there because he's Nick Felino. Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky, you saw people flocked to them. Or teams flocked to them. I mean, they had a plethora of options. Nick Felino is not going to have a plethora of options. They don't have 
the ability to retain superstars. And that's why I feel bad for Columbus because they lost so much in the past couple of years and they continue to somehow stay relevant with Seth Jones and Wierenski anchoring that defense. And they got lucky with Corpus Allo and, and Merz Lincolns working out well in the net. Um, you know, and, and now great. They have line a and Dubois for some time was starting to become a, a relevant name for them. Now they have line a, they have Roslovic. I just, I, I don't know what it is about Columbus that people don't like. And maybe it's. What do you is, mean you don't know? It's, it's Tortorella. Well, I was going to say maybe it's because of Tortorella. I mean, but, you, but nobody's it, openly saying it. That's the thing. I mean, it's it's pretty plain English. I and mean, people have. No, had I not, understand. People, people, have, people have said not great things about him as former players of his no, I, or yeah. whatever the case. I, I don't think it's. I think it's that obvious. Um, you don't have a bunch of these star players leave. And over the last two seasons and not think that. And the fact that it's easier to, you know, it's easier to trade your star player than not that every time a star player comes in that doesn't like the coach, they should get rid of them. But, you know, you're trading star guys for your team and and quality of team. This team plays really well. And it's not, it's not Tortorella as a necessarily as a bad coach in terms of results. It's in terms of trying to keep guys happy. Yeah. Short-term results for, you know, and being unhappy, it's not any way to live. That's not how these guys want to live their life. Right. So I, you know, I, I wonder how Line A is going to react to all of that because yeah. if it's stressful and, you know, I don't, I, I hate that it's, you know, oh, you can't coach these guys like you used to. Well, as we've learned with Mike Babcock and Johan Franz and all these other stories that we're hearing about these coaches turned out that the players didn't like it then either. They just didn't say anything. Yeah. And the fact that players are actually standing up for themselves now doesn't make them weak. It actually makes them stronger that right. they're like, oh, no, I don't want to play here anymore because this guy's a jerk off. That, that to me shows a lot more courage and strength than dealing with it. Yeah, I agree. Just trying to be the hockey guy. And that there's nothing bad. That's, that means nothing bad of Franz and dealing with what he dealt with because it was terrible and he didn't deserve it. But culture dictated at that time that he just didn't say anything. Yeah. That, that he dealt with it because that was just what it was. Um, and, and I think it's that the players now are like, no, we're not going to get, co- we're not going to get talked to like that. We're not going to deal with this kind of shit and you're going to get better or you're going to get fired. Yeah. That's the deal. Tortorella seemed, you know, somehow continues to stay relevant. Babcock didn't have that, although now he's on NBC, and that's a whole different story that we're just we're not going to touch on this week. But <laughs> it's, you know, I I wonder how much longer guys like that. Now I think Tortorella's maybe softened up a little bit, but for him, what does that actually mean? You know, compared to what the what the players want these days. So yeah, I I, I want to see the results. I'm not exactly sure when Lina gets into the lineup. Uh, we'll see when Dubois gets up with the Jets and glad Columbus is not in the Metro or that there is no Metro because um, that would have made it a little more difficult. Obviously seeing line eight, eight you know, however t- many times we're actually going to see him five or six times, still a lot. Yeah. So yeah. Wish them both luck and we'll see what the results are. Yeah. But uh, let's uh, let's trick out to on the Island and uh, just talk about the uh, Islanders matchups with the Devils. Uh, past couple of days, Bellows comes out of the lineup for Dal Cole in the last game. Uh, Sorokin bounces back quite well. 
uh, in game two against the Devils, but he still receives no goal support. Um, that first game was great. I, I loved the way they played. They rebounded well after maybe a couple of, of games that could have gone either way. Um, I don't know. They, they just, for some reason, in the second game of these back-to-back series this year, they, they're dropping the ball. And, they're and not even back-to-backs, which scares the absolute true, shit out of me. True, true. They're not back-to-backs. Backs, We're going to see the, that this The weekend. second game of a series, they're dropping the ball. Is it because they're not playing well in front of Sorokin and they're worried about who's in net? I, I, I don't know. I don't buy that yet. I don't. I don't know if it's that they're changing their game because they're uncomfortable with who's in net. I don't no, because think... they won against Boston, and that was for Lamov, and then they won the next game. So I don't know that it's... I mean, I, again, I guess it's Varlamov in both. Right, both games. right. That's what I'm saying. Varlamov but it's in the in two net. games that Sorokin played, I don't know. Maybe they're not confident in front of him yet. I, but the, I don't. Is that something that's. I, listen, in the 20 something years that I played hockey, when there was a change in net, I didn't change how I played. I still played. And my coach didn't change how he coached. He still coached. So I don't know. We need a larger sample size, I think. I mean, when the guy lets up. You know, in that game against the Rangers, it, you know, you, you start game. thinking a little bit. I mean, you're, I think in the NHL is obviously a little different than the level that you and I played. Of course. At, yeah. Um, which is, was right below. Semi-pro. Be, yeah. Right below beer, beer league. league. Most of the time. <laughs> um, Semi-pro beer league. Yeah. Right. Um, they wouldn't let me sit on the bench for that. But I, I think you have a game like that and it, you know, it's, it's kind of in the back of your head. You want to have a short memory but goalies play differently. Some play the puck a little bit more. Some can, you know, don't require the same clearing in the front of the net that other others do. So it, there's all these little quirks. And when you're a pro and you're with these goalies and you're doing it every single day, it's it, you're going to notice that stuff more. It does probably play more of a role. Um, and you no, know, and he's struggling a little bit. So then they get, they may get nervous and, and well, change their out. game and timeout. That second game, he did not struggle. He played fantastic. I, I, he, he played much better. That was he what played, we his athleticism came through. Absolutely, all he that made kind of some stuff. I think really, great. really great saves. Like a couple of saves that people I saw on Twitter, they were talking about it. This is what we were excited about. This is why we were so so excited to get Ilya Sorokin to the Islanders. He made a, a, a one a, one stretch save that he made where he. You have to have some legs to make the save that he made going from a little bit. He went past one post to the other side uh, because he came out of his crease a little bit. And that's something I noticed in his game, too. He was definitely playing higher in his crease. He could stand to go a little further out, but he's he's getting there. He's got to push for position a little bit. He's getting there. He played. I, I feel like he gave the Islanders every bit of a reason to push back. And they didn't they well, did that's, not that's what i said last week and that, and part of my rant last week that we got some fan mail about was me kind you know it sounded like i was complaining but i was worried about their consistency and it's exactly what we saw this week in both of these games it's right they they weren't even remotely close to being the same team those right. outside of the goalies and dow cole who shut me right up he, I thought he played great. He played his awesome. legs are moving. 
His hands were good. Now listen, I don't the, think he had a problem there at all, but it's the, just the consistency of the entire team. Who guys aren't showing up, then Bavillier goes down, and then all that was it. After that, you there's know, a ton of people who are telling me why is Dal Cole in the lineup? Why is he getting in the lineup? He shouldn't be in over Kiefer Bellows. True. He should be in over Ross Johnston. He played great. He was perfect in his own end. He every time he was on the ice, he was getting the puck out of the defensive zone and driving it into the offensive zone. I think he even was one of the guys who who started the breakout and he skated it from the the defensive zone into the offensive zone. And he looked good doing it. And he right, you don't see that from him. And your favorite term, he didn't look like he had a a grenade on his on the end of a stick. He looked like he was carrying the puck with confidence. Is he going to score 15 goals? Probably not. But if he's going to drive play, I'm okay with it. Pair him with Peugeot and pair him with Bellows. I don't know what that's going to be. Regardless, getting back to Sorokin. He played so well in that second game that it it gave me, and I didn't, I didn't doubt him, but it gave me even more confidence in him. He learned so quickly from game one to game two that it was like night and day that I even said, put him back in against uh, uh, the Capitals tonight. Put him in against the Capitals tonight. No Ovechkin, no Kuznetsov, no Samsonov. And, and I guess we're going into our next talking point here. I think that against a, a what I believe is a weaker team without those three core pieces. Yeah. Put him back in, show him that you have the confidence in him, get him one goal for instead of four goals yeah, against he, he's he's in a tough position not getting any support there they i need, don't know how you i don't know how you evaluate you know imagine what he feels like right you know and i will i will i will also say you know his counterpart over on the rangers shirkin also feeling it a little bit you oh know, yeah last year he's had a lot of success and the khl he had a lot of success you know, and they're both struggling this year and it might just have to do with these you know young guys and they're now sure. they're in a grind it's very different um you know, and they, they might just be struggling. Sure. And, and it's, I, I, again, people had said to me, we lost, and this is what I meant before earlier in the, uh, in the episode, we, we gave up Robin Lanner for this because yes, it all, it all ties back to why we didn't resign Robin Lanner. Right. Cause we just now Sorokin, two seasons ago. Right. We, but it's all because people believe we knew Sorokin was coming. That's why we didn't take Lanner back. Whatever. The plan was to get Sorokin here. His performance on Tuesday night, 0% responsibility goes to him for the loss. 0%. Was the second goal maybe not the best goal to give up? Yeah, he made the initial save. He let up a rebound. These are growing pains. These are normal growing pains for a rookie who's in his second NHL game. Aside from that. like Spot him one goal. At least make it a tie game, and then he's got to win it for you. He was running games without scoring goals. Well, they're either getting shut out or shutting it out. And it's, exactly. it's, it's not, um, that's not sustainable. That's not how you're going to, you know, no. be successful in this division. And I'm not, re- I'm not really worried about the standings right now because it's five games in for five or six right. games in for everybody. So it's just because the devils are in third place. Doesn't mean anything. Although give them all the credit. They came back, they bounced back. I think a big thing is there's a mental aspect to this, which is what I'm surprised about with this team is that they're not ready for these teams to come back at them after they beat them, right. weather that storm. They come out and they're asleep 
And that's scary to me. You right. can't go through this. Like I said last week, what I'm worried about is they're going to win one game. They're going to lose one game. They're going to win two games or, you know, they're going to win. They're going to lose two games, Yeah. you know, and if they go in guns blazing after a loss and they, they play a good hockey game, like I foresee them going and playing a good hockey game tomorrow or tonight when you're listening to this against the capitals, but then on Thursday, they got to show up. Yeah. They, they, they're, they're, they're just like, Oh, we won. We beat them ready. Especially because they're not going to be again without those three core pieces. So look, the last thing I'll say about Sorokin, there's, I, I, in my opinion, nothing to worry about. He shows, he's already shown that he knows how to learn from his mistakes. He's already shown growth. And, and again, I know it's just two games in, but if you're so quick to make a judgment on how bad he might be, I'm going to be so quick to how good he might be. And I think he's going to be great. I don't think there's any reason to be worried about him uh, going into the Caps series and the Philly series. He should maybe get at least one start. He'll probably I mean, get one start. I would be fine if he got 50% of those starts. I think one of those games... Um against the caps. And then I definitely foresee him playing one of the games against the, against Philly in the back-to-back. Yeah. So there's no way that Varlamo is going to play both of those. And then the next week is just one day, uh, one day breaks every every game, every other day is what I'm trying to say. So So he's definitely playing one of those games. So, yeah, I I think it's more likely that we're going to get Varlamo tonight against the capitals. Um, But you know, if it were me, I, I would have loved to have seen Sorokin, but we need to take advantage in this series. And, and by that, I mean, you know, if you're missing those three guys, your superstars need to take over. And we spoke about how Barzell was so good uh, two games ago. And then yesterday he was a ghost or two days ago, he was a ghost. Again, he did the same thing with the Ranger series. Right. You and know, this uh... can't happen. This can't happen. We talked about, we're seeing the evolution of Matt Barzell. Yes. But at the same time, we're, we're not seeing the consistency there. So the CD they, skipping. It's a, it's right. a great album, but we're not getting the whole thing. Right. We're, we're getting, we're, we're missing huge chunks of it. And this is the, this is the whole team, you know, and Bavillier might be out the next game, but he's been a ghost too. Yep. And, and that's, that's a huge problem on this team. You're, you're getting guys trying to do too much. Nelson's right. trying to make too many moves, um, too many passes. And fr- if it's one thing I saw with the devils is that they're just putting the puck on net. I yeah. know that's not the trots, style it's quality over quantity but, but they're getting pucks to the net and creating opportunities and then when the islanders get frustrated is when they finally do that chances start happening but it's too late happened but, well, it's happened in the losses this season so far but they did that two games ago in the first game against the devils they did all they did was shoot get the puck to the net get the puck to the net they just kept doing it they ended the the game they ended the first period with 15 shots in that first game against the devils so I don't know what it was. I don't know what the mindset was. The change was from game one to game two against the Devils, but they they completely were a different team. They were not the same. And I don't know where that mentality comes from. I don't know what you know Trotz is saying to them in the locker room, but he needs to get that message across to, hey, play your game, play our game, play Islander hockey. Yeah, I, I it's it's interesting because if you look at, you know, I know not a huge, it's not huge with the Islanders fans, but the analytics will show that this is 
them regressing to the mean, right? When they play really well for a long period of time, they're going above expectations. That's what they did during the bubble. They just played above their expectations the entire time, which is yeah. fine, right? Winning is winning. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Right. The problem is with their style is that when they're not playing good, it just doesn't work. Yeah. And that's when something's off right from the get-go, that can snowball. You want to build momentum, but you're building negative momentum. Yeah. Or you, you keep tripping over yourself to get it going. So this is how they were playing going into the break last year. Yeah. Going into into the stoppage. So it's again, that's what I said last week. It's 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 hard to watch that. The, they won the game against Boston. And I they lose that game two nothing against the Devils um whatever it was, Sunday night. And you know, I see the the quotes from Trotz today. Oh, we don't mind winning games one nothing. And man, in this league, I don't know how you're gonna do that. Like that that's not a sustainable look, he's a Hall yeah. of Fame coach want to stay on the cup that just doesn't seem like the plan and you're if you're gonna say that you're the only coach in the league saying that you better be a genius or or just be right you know or just be right all the time like yeah, i don't i don't know i don't that's... understand the approach because you're either gonna look like an idiot or you're a genius that yeah. those are the only options and when they lose like that at two nothing in today's nhl that's i don't know even two one give you know Make it so you lose the game late. It's there. It, there were hardly any offensive opportunities, on top of you know no goals. It wasn't like Wedgwood stood on his head. We had a few nice saves. Yeah, it wasn't like he stole a hockey game. The Islanders just didn't even put anything towards the net. So I don't. I don't like where their heads are at right now. I don't want to hear. I understand they're not a, an offensive juggernaut, but to just be like, yeah, we're gonna score one goal. I don't know. You're going to do that against a Boston team with Pasternak? Absolutely not. Who I don't know. That game I don't know if that comment is just to please Lamorello because everybody has that fear of Lou that nobody wants to upset him. I, I I don't know. I mean, guys are asleep. I don't think that's not a Lou thing necessarily. It's your guys aren't showing up again. Bavillier no, just I, I, isn't I playing. Like he's uh, uh, Eberle. Holy shit. I just watch this guy going through the motions, his heads up, you know, looking at the rafters guy. I don't know how you're, you're missing these shots. Either they're missing the net completely or shooting it directly into the goalie from on the doorstep. At, at some point you, you gotta, yeah. he, he can't be asleep until halfway through the season. Not, not this year. It can't yeah. be. So yeah. Bavillier, you know, the culprits, you know, yes, Barzell's got to be more consistent. Nelson's got to try to do a little bit less. Uh, Lee, you know, he's missed the net a ton. He's had a lot of opportunities and misses the net from, you know, he plays within, I don't know what, 12, 18 inches from the net, the crease. Come on. Plenty of opportunities for Lee so far this year. Lee could have seven goals already. He's had so many chances to score and he, you know. But he's got two goals in five games. I want to see more than that, but at least he's on the score sheet. Yeah, he is. Beverly and, and Bavillier, maybe they have a few assists, but. And, and look, no, not an excuse. Not an excuse, but the ice was horrible at the Prudential Center. The puck was bouncing everywhere. I felt like I could not. I could. There was not a shift where I didn't see one skater struggling to stay on his feet. And I, maybe, I don't know. Maybe the Devils are just used to that, but they they were. 
not able to it was like the puck was just getting away from them barely they it was just out of their reach it was like they you know Anders Lee was on his yeah, they've been doing that for a few games yeah they can't I, string two passes together yeah and I, I don't know. again that's I mean that's another problem for me is watching them not be able to make passes with nobody on them yeah no one on them no one on the player they're passing to I'll tell you what though Dobson looked real good he continues to look good he's shooting the puck He's getting it towards the net. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, he, I like I, that. He's on that power see, play. He's only he's 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 stirring the drink. You see the confidence growing, and I think that I think that the Islanders have a little bit more in him than they even realize. I think the the stronger that he gets, and the more confident that he gets, I think earlier in his twenties, he's going to be more. He reminds me of uh, of Klingberg on uh, Dallas. I see a lot of Klingberg in him. He could. I didn't see him earlier in his career very much. I know yeah. he's still young, but I think, you know, on a positive note, and we said this off the air a while ago, and I don't think we ever said it on the show. I don't think, and I, I tried to be, uh, you know, watching the defense and, and how they were playing against these teams so far in the first five games. It's kind of a good marker so far, um, especially kind of, you know, going through some good games and some losses and all that. I'm not sitting there wishing Taves was there. I, you know, right. It's, t- is it tough to go see him, you know, score some goals out in Colorado? Yeah. That yeah. was going to happen. You know, though, do with I that offense. Wa- do I still want him on the team? Yeah, of course. The team was better. With- he's, he's a good player. You want him on this team, right? Sure. But I'm not sitting here going, oh man, this, this would have been different with Taves. Right. It hundred percent. I think it's just, you know, next guy up kind of thing. Dobson, it stops his time. I think green is still playing pretty consistently. He had a couple I know you say he's pretty flawless out there. Saw a couple mistakes <laughs> against his former team. That's the um, whole team right now, though. But it's the whole team right now. And, it, you know, a guy like that should be a little unflappable. I think, um, you know, he's trying his hardest to take Boychuk's spot by blocking shots and being a little bit of a tougher player to play against. Um, but he's 37, 38 years old. I think it's yeah. going to be tough. But, yeah. you, know, you know, on a positive note, you know, I'm trying to balance it out a little bit, so I'm not just uh, bellyaching the entire time. I'm not sitting there thinking, man, Taves would have made a huge difference. Yeah. I think maybe Dobson's going off script and just, you know, shooting the puck more in the power play. Good. I think, um, and I will go actually off script on purpose here, what's up with the power plays? And there's four right-handed shots on one unit and four left-handed shots on it's the purposeful. other unit. It's purposeful. It's on they, purpose. There's They can't connect the passes. What do you mean it's I, purposeful? I don't, I'm not the coach. I can't. I mean, make I know the I, I know they're putting <laughs> they're putting their best guys together, but like switch yeah. Bavillier and Everlay so, something. You gotta, I think you the gotta reason something. You know, and we spoke about this earlier in the year uh, on previous episodes, but Trotz likes the Dobson Pulak connection. He says it reminds him a lot of Ovechkin and Carlson, so that's why the two righties are on D. He wants that to continue. He thinks that Pool, uh, Dobson can feed Pulak well, which he has a couple of times. There was a, a, a that's last... not the problem. No, but then Barzell is on that off wing and he can't shoot from there. Yeah, especially for where most of the time he gets the puck, it's on the half wall or deeper below the dot, and he can't make a play from there. It's Islanders... I'm, I'm watching him going. Then he's then he's trying to get the puck across to somebody. And he's got to go all the way across Lee. Yeah. And that, and, or Everlay's in front. If he's the bumper that works out, 
you can probably make that quick little pass there, but they're not really trying to do that. I mean, yeah. in the first few games you saw it, but it's not, you know, I think it was, was it uh, Brock Nelson released off of in that bumper spot, he released off the defenseman and, and gave himself some time and space and, and was able to score. Yeah. Um, but that was just moving the puck around. They can't seem to move the puck yeah. around. Neither unit. It's so slow. It's always and I think it's because way. they have to, I know this is a, you're most likely listening to this and not watching it, but you have to like change your whole body positioning every time you're receiving that pass yeah. to make sure it's going to get on your stick. And if you're with the one pass and you're doing the same thing. So Dobson at the, that top, every time after him and Pulak are trying to move that puck around, he's then got to, he's giving himself away by having to shift and then pass to Barzell. Yeah. So if Pulak's your guy, if, if he's the the, uh, the trigger man, I don't know. Maybe Dobson isn't that guy and it's Barzell and Pulak. I don't know. It's not working. Watching them try to do this is frustrating. Yeah. they got All these guys not being able to connect a pass. They got to do something, but they've always had to do something with the power play for years now, even before trots. The power play has been just so bad for a long time. And maybe it's because of the lack it's of that true speed. sniper. I don't think so. It, it's, it, it, maybe, it's strategy. Right, maybe not. The strategy is pretty bad and I, I'm not sure, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. There, it's a mental thing with these guys and, and they haven't, they haven't figured it out in, in a long time. And I, and I don't know what it is that they need to do to figure that out. I mean, um, under trots, it could just be that they're just not an offensive minded team. So it's maybe that they're just, they're going to struggle. It's not like you had a you know cheat code in Ovechkin that you're going to set up on right. on the dot, and it was pretty much guaranteed you were going to get one a game if yeah. you know you got enough chances. So it might just be that it's not Trot's forte. He's a defense, you know, neutral zone guy, and um, hard work in the offensive zone pays off at some point. Yeah. Um, but these guys have talent, and I, you know, I don't know, I don't know what you need to to switch around. Uh, maybe. I, I like I like Dobson on that first power play unit. If you at least throw Letty, if you want two defenders out there, and if you throw Letty on that other wing, yeah, on that half wall position instead of Barzell, and maybe put Barzell in the bumper spot and move Everly down, you know, to the second unit, you might open some things up there. Yeah, you know, the the defenders on the on the penalty kill might kind of collapse in on Barzell trying to take away and open up everything else. Yeah. You actually get shots and, and create some traffic there instead of, you know, he's out in the wing. You know, he's not going to, he's, he's on his off wing. He's not right. going to score from there. He's most likely he's going to miss the net. Yeah. Now he's an elite score shooter. So he, it's not like he can't get short side, but um, Jesus, we saw Hughes do that too. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. It doesn't seem to be working. I'm, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. I'm no power play expert. Yeah, the power play. Like I said, it's been what it's been for a long time, and you know, it's a good point. Trotz is a very defensive minded, and he had a Vetchkin with the Capitals, so you know, he already had he had that built in offense that he didn't really have to worry about. You yeah, know, so a Backstrom and Ovechkin have that. Oh, Carlson's really good. Yeah. they then they get Oshi. Like they had some offense there yeah. already that yeah okay you throw them on the ice together it's like any really good team like toronto yeah of course you throw out you know 11 15 million dollars worth of players they're gonna score <laughs> or way way more than thought. that 
Who yeah, that's actually like fifty million dollars worth of players. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course you're gonna yeah. score some goals there. So you know, and and they struggle too, which is amazing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure what they need to do. They need to yeah. at least. I want to see them at least try some different things. I think when you see them, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different right. result. And when we continue to see the same result and then do the same right. thing, it doesn't work. I, I don't know. I, I fell asleep during the third period. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was, I'm like, they're, the, the Devils are just going to hold on they're, to two goals against a good team. And the Islanders weren't putting any pressure on anyway. It was so boring. Yeah. So boring. Yeah, well, the Islanders are actually going to see another team who's uh, struggling at the beginning of their season as well. In Philly, they kind of look like the Islanders right now. They're a minus two in goal differential uh, and struggling to score goals themselves. So that series is going to be a grind. You know, it might be something similar to what we saw in the one game against Boston. Um, but both of those teams are, are struggling to score. You know, uh, Voracek and Giroux are not quite the offensive force that they used to be. Um, and their young guys like Farby are kind of uh, veering off. You know, they're, they're a little streaky, kind of like we said, Bavillier was. So, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be a hard fourth series. I don't see why the Islanders can't win three out of four of these next games. They gotta be- get six out six out of eight points. That's I agree. I don't see why they can't because I, I you know especially with the Capitals missing those players and, and the, the Flyers not playing as well as they should be. The Islanders need to take advantage now. They will be missing or possibly missing Bavillier. It's been announced he's day-to-day. Uh, Trotz did actually just announced a few minutes ago. I saw it on Twitter. Um, there might be some changes to the lineup. Yeah, so, it's been a, for a couple of days he's been saying that. Right. So what that does during this mean? During this trip, it's gonna, the right. lineup can change. What does this mean? One would hope that Ross Johnson is out of the lineup. He's not a third-line player. We said this last week. But we'll see. I don't He's know not an what, everyday player. I don't know. Third what the line, fine. Not every day. But I don't know what the confidence is in him to keep rolling him out because it's like all I, I watch him. He goes out for a shift. He throws his body at somebody. The puck trickles away. He can't retrieve it. And it's just a constant over and over process of that doing, you know, him doing that again. If Bo is not playing, I hope to see Bellows with Nelson and Bailey. He got some reps in with them already. Um, you know, maybe, maybe Wallstrom instead, because on the left side, he's the right hand shot. So I think he fits on, on left wing too. Um, so it would be nice to see maybe Wallstrom, Nelson, Bailey, Duck Cole, uh, Dow Cole, Peugeot and Bellows. Um, just because those fit right. Wallstrom, the right-handed shot on the left wing, Bellows, the left hand handed shot on the right wing. That's, that's more offense. To me, that I mean, that's I, more I offense. It's tough because you you know, I think you know you Joe and I have these conversations and we're just dumbfounded to a certain degree. Like, just put out your best team. What are you afraid of? And the the team obviously doesn't see it like that. It's crazy yeah. to me. I don't know how there's this. And I I honestly try my hardest and I try to defend what's going on. I don't know if it's, I'm trying to be objective or whatever the case is, but I, I cannot for the life of me 
explain Trot's move of, of keeping him in of Ross Johnson in the lineup. Right. I can't think of a good reason. And I that- and I always say I'll never question Trot's, but I'm sorry. I just don't understand this. I, I don't. He's not a third line player. Peugeot is is drowning doing work by himself. I mean, he's he's out there just grinding well, he's double shifting with the fourth line yeah and I, so he's it's even more inconsistent for him he, you know he's he's doing the lord's work you know trying yeah. to just pe- keep the bottom six together pretty much on his own right and the fourth line doesn't look great they haven't really gotten the engines going yep um and, and that's that's kind of tough i saw you know Someone had said, you know, the fourth line doesn't work without a good third line. I don't really know that I believe that necessarily. No, I don't believe that. I think it's just, uh, you know, they got to they gotta get their own act together. Yeah. I don't know if it's, you know, Clutterbuck doesn't look great. He did look better against the Devils. I'll say that. But it's still not, yeah. it's still not great. Um, Martin's kind of been invisible. Sezekis doesn't look the same. Um. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not exactly. I'm not exactly sure. I don't like you said. I, you try not to question him. I don't want to just have this like blind faith in the guy. Yeah. But you think I know they're kids, but they're talented. Get them the reps. Look, your team's playing like crap anyway. Yeah. What do you got to lose? You're gonna lose with guys yeah. and veterans, just so you can say the veterans went out there and showed them how to lose. Yeah, That's I mean, a terrible I, approach. I feel like his hand is almost forced at this point. If Bavillier doesn't dress, that he has to put Wallstrom in, and he has to put Bellows back in, because after that last game, that third line cannot stay intact, and it's not Peugeot's fault, and it's not uh, Dal Cole's fault. Seeing Dal Cole, I almost don't mind that. I know, you know, in our thread, no. we we discussed it a few times, and. Uh, you know, you obviously want the two kids up with Peugeot, but all right, you want a guy that's been in the league a little bit in Dow Cole that can just kind of be the, the safe player on the line. Sure. You can do 28, 44, and 20. That can yeah. be the line. That's not a big deal. I like that. But then you got to, yeah, I think if Bavillier's out, you you put Wallstrom in. Or even if Bavillier, if Bavillier is in the lineup, at some point over the next four games, which you anticipate, hopefully, you know, if he's day-to-day, you anticipate – by the maybe by the weekend he's in the lineup. Um, maybe you try Wallstrom with Dal Cole and Pajot. Maybe, but you're to your point. Johnson's gotta, you know, he, he's he's not looking good. I mean, in the past, um, you know, a few of us were excited. Okay, that's not a bad third line. Okay, I, Ross Johnson's got better offensive abilities. Maybe he's a, you know a little bit better version of Martin. Blah blah blah. He's looked exactly like Martin. And not in the good way. Nope. Martin in his role in the fourth line doesn't need to have hands. Nope. He's causing havoc. He's, you know, and he's, you got, he scored five goals in the playoffs last year. I, yep. It's not that, you know, I don't want to forget about that. So unless you're going to chip in in some way and that third line's going, ugh, I mean, he, he's turning pucks over. It's not looking good. He's, he's going out of his way to make hits that don't need to happen. And like you said, the puck just kind of goes by and, you're just questioning what his intentions are out there. And yeah. I don't know if it's a game plan thing and maybe he's being asked to do that. Like Bellows was, you know, I wrote that article about, you know, him adapting. Um, but I think some of it is that they're asking him to play this third line role. And he's, this is what you do on the third line. You, you yeah. throw a ton of hits. Um, but my big 
qualm there was that it's they're going to have this Dow Cole effect. It really should be the Niederreiter effect, but you know <laughs> where you're you're kind of sticking these really talented guys in bottom six roles in limited yeah. minutes, and it's going to take a long like. I don't blame Dal Cole for the player. You know, he's trying to, he was a goal scorer, turn into this other thing. That's not what he's used to doing. Yeah. His whole life, he did something for, so for three years, he's playing under uh, a different coach or a different, you know, a number of different coaches and getting bottom six minutes playing with so, so talent. And you're expecting him to just kind of like carry the bottom six. Right. No. The same thing with Niederreiter. The second he left, he was playing well. Yep. And it was you. You put him on, you know, in a more of a middle six role instead of a, a bottom six role. Well, what a surprise! You you utilize him for his strengths, and I worry that for Bellows, the same way with Del Cole, that you kind of beat the offense out of him. You beat yeah. the creativity out of him. Well, let's see. Let's hope that you know. And I I don't hope that Bavillier is hurt, but if he is, this opens a door, right? Let's hope that the the lineup goes, you know the way we're kind of saying right now give Wallstrom that opportunity to play on the second line where he can utilize that NHL ready shot. He's an offensive player. Let him get those chances. A a better line of Dow Cole, Peugeot and Bellows could work out to be a little bit more of an offensive force. And we've seen Bellows is fine in his own end. I don't really have any issue with having him out there. Uh, You know, in maybe the last, you know, two minutes of a game. I'm not worried about him being out there making a mistake. So let's hope that the lineup goes the way that we're hoping it goes, you know, as we're speaking right now. Is Trotz maybe referring to there being further changes? Like maybe Nelson won't be centering Bailey and maybe Barzell won't be centering Everlay and, and Lee. Are they going to change, you know, everything? Not sure. We'll see. I don't necessarily think that they're going to change the top line. I don't necessarily think, um, you know, there's going to be rash changes, but, you know, I, I don't see anybody else who fits on the second line other than Wallstrom. Yeah. I mean, even if you flip Bailey and Wallstrom around or whatever. So if you, if, um, cause there's typically three lefties on that line. So if that's just how it is and, and you want a little bit more balance, like on the first line, sure. Yeah. It doesn't um I don't I don't think it hurts. I wonder I, I hope they don't I hope they just plug guys in the spots instead of you know, I, I like them up the middle. I, I someone else tweeted that too. No friggin' way that they change anything up the middle. That they're very strong that no. way. Yeah. I don't I don't I really don't think that that's that's the problem. I, no. you, you might see guys maybe the again, the, even maybe the even depth Trotz chart of it. That. You know, maybe maybe Peugeot on the first line, Barzell on the second line, Nelson on the third line, just to shake it up. If it gets I to that point, but I don't see one of them moving to the wing. I try, yeah, I don't think Trotz wants to shake it up quite that much as far as inject things into already made uh, molds, so to speak. Right. So again, you you put a Wallstrom on that line. And maybe you know what? Maybe over two games he plays so well that when Bavilia is healthy, he comes back and plays in the third line with Pedro. That's what I'm saying. You know, like I, that the little tweaks in a lineup and moving a guy here and there, I don't mind that. Well, that's um, what I'm saying. I worry about. I also worry about deployment. But 
I'll, I'll let you say your piece first. Well, here's the thing, right? You know, again, I, like I said, I don't hope that Bovillia is hurt, but it, this could open a door. And if he's out three, four games and, and Wallstrom plays those three, four games, and let's say he scores three goals, suddenly you're like, okay, this kid can play. This kid can score. This kid can bring something, an element to our team that we don't have right now. And now, now suddenly Bovillier is back and he's forcing his way to stay in the lineup, meaning Wallstrom. And sure, Bovillier gets a spot back on the second line, but now you're playing Dal Cole with Wallstrom and you're continuing to see a strong game from Bellows. And now suddenly it's like, okay, the trust is there. Now I don't have to tell myself, no, Ross Johnson needs to be in the lineup because he has 100 games in the NHL more than Oliver Wallstrom. Yeah, I, I can't. I understand that if it's against even Philly, you have Johnson in the lineup. Tougher guy. Sure. Whatever. whatever. But if it's if you're gonna if you're gonna play him every single game, that's what I'm saying about deployment. I don't I don't think anyone ever minded Johnson getting the lineup. I don't think anyone was calling for him to be in the lineup every single game. Nope. And then it's the times of the game too. It it seems a little weird. It's kind of like Lad being out there in the playoffs last year against Tampa. You're like, what is this guy doing yep. on the? He should have been in the locker room taking his skates off with two minutes two minutes left. No way. And that's again, you try not to question Trotz all that much, but every once in a while, it leaves you scratching your head. And I don't want to be the Debbie Downer guy on this show, but <laughs> when too late. It, this is, you know, it's. I know you don't want to just be throw their bubble run out of the window. I know that that wouldn't be. That's not good for anyone. That's not good for my own morale as a fan. That's not good for anything. No, no, no. Um, however, this is the team we saw at the end of last regular season. It's still early, but you're not and, wrong. Yes, it's 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 early, and there's plenty of time. Look, they take six of eight points. We're having a very different show next week. Yeah. Even if they don't, even if they took four of eight and they played good hockey, okay. I yes. want to see them play yes. good. I want to come back and go. You know what? They lost, but I liked watching those. Could have went either way. Bounces and this. I'm, look, I'm all for that. I understand how the, all the hockey gods work. Sure, they're gonna lose hockey games. That's not the problem. I think you yeah. even said that verbatim last week. Losing the games is not a problem. Playing not like showing that, up. Not showing up is a different. Very and in two game, two and a half games this year, out of five, they didn't show up. Yeah. And on the other nights, on the other half, in one game they were, you know, a little bipolar there against Boston. Although I think people are giving them a little too much credit for that win. Um, you know that all oh, they woke up in the rest of the period, the you know second and third. Still think they weren't playing that great. So yeah, but I'll give you fifty percent of the games so far, and it's funny fifty percent of the periods because I don't, you know, they got to play more consistently. They can't just show up when you feel like it. Because yeah. then you, you know what that's going to do? You're going to find yourself in fifth place and you know not being in the playoffs this year. That's it's, just, it's that's funny too happen. because this morning Dal Cole said he's like everybody knows that they're fighting to stay in the lineup. Well, do they? Was, because right. they, they're not seeing the result of that. They see right. one guy get changed. Right. You see guys making mistakes and not finishing and all this kind of stuff. And the one guy that's the easiest one to pull the plug on, they've just decided to not do that. Right. Yeah, I, it would be hard to sit Eberle. I totally understand why you don't do that. Ross Johnson? Right. 
Give me a break. Yep. You know what? I don't, no one would have been mad if they threw Timoshov in there for a second. I, Dude, I would try, like to see it. Try a thing. Even if it meant, if you look, Bellows wasn't going to be in and Dow, it meant Dow Cole. Okay, Johnston, uh, Pajot, and Timoshov. Try, try it. Yeah. Do something. I'd like they to see it. They need an injection. They need someone to be that difference maker. And that's like New Jersey. They have so much more energy this year because of how Hughes is just a completely different player. Yeah. They need someone, you know, I love this expression. They need someone to be, to stir the drink. They don't have somebody that is turning the wheels on this team and getting them going and being that energy. Bavillier can absolutely be that. Barzell can absolutely be that. And that was the beauty of their playoff run last year. It was someone different every night that stepped up and got those wheels turning. It was the first line sometimes. It was the second line sometimes. It was the third line sometimes. And even Pajot's looked a little sleepy. He scored that goal. It was fantastic. Whatever. Maybe he's got too much on his plate. Maybe he, without consistency, it's, Could it's, be. it's, it's not going to do anything good for his game. But, you know, you know he was a good driver. Not just a play, just the energy. Yeah. Everyone seems to be a step behind. Maybe it's short training camp. Maybe people weren't as ready as we thought going into the season. I find all that really difficult under Lamorella. Knowing how yeah. quickly, you know, what what the hell half, you know, fury that he can <laughs> come down on you with. I, I, I think it's, you know, that might, there may be a little bit of a case of that. But like I said last week, at what point does that just go away and they're just not playing well? Yeah. Like you, you got to we'll see. We, 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 this will be a good test. These are two teams that um, going through their own problems right now, whether that's with their personnel or otherwise, um, but they got to build momentum. I know that's like the most cliche thing in the whole world, but if they if they plan on playing well against teams they haven't seen yet too, and they're going to see Buffalo in a back-to-back very shortly. They're going to see Pittsburgh in a little bit of a series. These these are all teams that, um, that are hungry, that, you know, yeah. everyone's in the mix right now. Yep. So it, when when everyone can smell it, it's going to make it hard to play against these teams. Absolutely. And especially when you're playing games and uh, you know teams in two game sets, they have to start getting prepared that second game if they win that first one, and they have to be the ones driving the play in the game. They they're letting it yeah, come to they them. Yeah, they need to dictate and more they games. Can't, and they can't handle it. It's very clear. Yeah. So they got to come out and meet it, and then turn the table. Yeah, they There's need to no dictate force. more games. They need to take take over, uh, you know, more games. They they have as a team. Of, yeah, as, as a the team. way as the Islanders do it. I'm not yeah. saying Barzell needs to go score hat tricks all the time. Yeah, they all need to kind of get it together and roll right. those lines. And they have spurts of it, but then it dies off, and you don't see it for a little while. It it, it could get troublesome. Two so. shifts a period is not enough. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's an issue, but. We'll see how they respond. Uh, Washington tonight, and then again on Thursday night, and then Saturday and Sunday, we will see Philly. Um, last interesting thing I just wanted to mention quickly, we won't analyze it. I know I said I'm shutting the hosting book last week. It's staying closed, but we just wanted to inform you. Maybe you didn't see the comments. Um, Bridgeport GM Chris Lamarillo said that uh, loaning Josh Hosang to Sweden was uh, just something that made sense for them because the AHL is only playing 24 games. Uh, it's going to be both against Hartford and Providence, just two teams. Um, 
So the situation is open-ended, according to Lamorello. Um, they're not ruling out a return to North America. And they, they're saying that the communication with Hosang has been excellent. So it seems like they made this move strictly because they want him to get as much playing time in. And the fact that they said that they're not uh, ruling out a return to North America says to me, they want him to get his reps in. Who knows? And not 24 games against right. the same, you know, it, it, spreading they want your it prospects to out, everybody gets their games in. Yeah. So... Like I said, we're not going to analyze it. We're not going to sit here. It's just, it's positive news. In my opinion, I didn't expect to, you know, hear that today. And, and, and I hadn't thought of it like this. Oh, they're sending him there to get more reps in. Um, we didn't really know what the situation with the AHL is going to be. So this does kind of make sense to me. And now that, you know, it's come to light uh, it's good news. It's, it's a good situation. And, and let's hope for the best for Josh. Let's, let's see what happens, but uh, thank you to everyone who's listening right now, please rate review and subscribe where you listen to the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Nassman Hockey and find all of our work at thehockeywriters.com. Um, you can support the show by picking up some NHP merch, donating through our Patreon. Our newsletter is out every Friday. And we got some bonus content coming. Uh, Wednesday night, we'll be doing a quick uh, live. Are we doing it live? I don't know if we're going to do it live. There'll be a we'll bonus see. episode on Patreon, kind of going over Wednesday night's game uh, or yeah. Uh, Tuesday night's game. We're recording this on Monday, Monday night. Monday night, and we I think we messed it up the whole episode. So everybody's <laughs> gonna think that tomorrow is the wrong day. We're gonna analyze Tuesday's game on Wednesday night ahead yeah. of so that you can listen to it um, ahead of Thursday night's game against the Capitals. What went right? What went wrong? We'll do a quick yeah. twenty minute thing, um, and we're gonna start doing that as regularly as we can. So get on board. Um, it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a little bit different and, uh, just to the point on there's content. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're looking for some, you know, good 10 to 20 minute episodes of, uh, post game instant reactions from both John and myself, uh, head over to our Patreon, hit that subscribe button and you will have access, uh, until next time, everybody let's go Islanders. <laughs>